The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric France and Ajay Salveson. It's a Thursday. I love how you have a new greeting every single time. Good morning. What's going on? Hello, Cash Valley. Hey, what's up? Full court press. <laughs> I love it. Brings unpredictability. Yeah, you gotta keep you on your toes. In, on, in during you unpredictable times. That's right. <laughs> Are we rolling? Are we rolling? Yes, yeah. we're rolling. We're live, dude. Man. Okay, look. Well, no, because I freaking like we are on I'm walking the radio. down the hallway and I see who about <laughs> ten yards ahead of me, and I'm like, uh, run. <laughs> do do do. Hear <laughs> my voice behind you. Oh crap. Oh man. Uh, Eric, how's your day today? Busy, <clears throat> busy. Mine too, but good. Oh, good, huh? You know, because uh, we did this last. What was that Friday? Last Friday, we did a, a special graduation program for Green Canyon oh, High yeah. School. Yeah, uh, turned out to be a little bit more work than we anticipated, but it was it came off really well. Uh, mm-hmm. We were really excited. Um, they were really great to work with they, their advisors and their their students. And we did this special broadcast for them on a signal that's just up the dial from us on one hundred seven point seven, and uh, it was really cool. It worked out really well. We're going to do that again tonight. And so I've been working on that for a couple of different schools. We're going to do it for Skyview and Mountain Crest this evening. So that's that's uh, been my day, is just fine-tuning some of that stuff. So it's been fun. It's been really exciting. So uh, if you have a high school graduate or you know of a high school graduate from Skyview or Mountain Crest, uh, I would encourage you to tune in. You're going to hear their commencement ceremonies, some special things that they have planned. Skyview from 7 until 8. Mountain Crest from 8 until about 9.15. So, anyway, stay tuned for that. It'll be on 107.7 FM. Hey, uh, did you see the little <laughs> the spat that uh, Dan Orlovsky, who's a big fan of Jordan Love, and him and versus Damian Lillard? What? No. So... Uh, Dan Orlovsky got on to, uh, I think it was ESPN, and because Damian Lillard said, hey, look, if it's a meaningless game, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to risk my my playing career to play in a meaningless game during this just weird time. Like, let everybody else play. And that he'd sit out meaningless games. Well, then Dan Orlovsky came out on air on ESPN and said he was a spoiled and entitled brat. Oh, so uh, a fan then goes after Dan and says, "Why does anyone care what Orlovsky has to say? Dude started twelve games over eleven years and is four and twenty or four for twenty for his career." Uh, and then Damian Lillard comes out and says, "Yeah, you set out the whole career, basically, man." Um, so there's just this back and forth between Dan and Damian about whether Damian's playing the "Hey, pity me." You know, if we're not going to play playoff games, then I don't want to play. Do you agree or disagree with Damian's stance? Well, I, I I get where he's coming from. If you're a team that's not going to make the playoffs, resuming play after two and a half, three months, might be even closer to three and a half months before they start doing anything, 
it seems hard. Like, what's the point? Why do we ramp everything up to play, especially if they go from 82 to only 72 games? If they cap everybody at 72 games, some teams will only play like six or seven games. So what? what's the... I understand that opinion, voicing that question, like, what's the point of this? But at the same time, I look at Damian Lillard, whose team is on the outside with still a chance to make the playoffs and start thinking... Why don't you care more? You have a chance to make the playoffs. If you still have a chance, why aren't you fighting for a chance? But uh, if he was the Golden State Warriors, okay, wave the white flag. Don't we don't want to be a part of this. It makes zero sense for us to be a part of this. But if you're the Portland Trailblazers who still have a legit shot of making the playoffs and hopefully displacing Memphis, why are you all grousing like uh not for me. That part doesn't really make sense to me. Is he... We see Kawhi Leonard sit out regular season games. Big, And he sat out a few. To like our, he has sat out a few big regular season games as well. How come nobody crucifies him for doing it? Oh, he has got his fair share has of he? criticism. Game management. Other people adopting it, following it. He wasn't the first. He won't be the no, last. No, no, yeah, absolutely. But here's an interesting turn on Damian Lillard. So uh, one of the things that were, were being talked about is instead of just going from 16 teams, because well, one, one idea was, look, let's just go to 72 games, right? Uh, but then some teams are like, why are we even participating if it's only going to be six or seven games for us? And then there's some talk that maybe the NBA expands to 20 teams, but they just go straight to some kind of a tournament format and go straight to the playoffs. Well, uh, no, nothing is really set in stone yet for the NBA. But Lillard says that there is a play-in tournament for those teams that are on the outside of the picture. He says that it would be perfect. His quote is, I feel like a play-in tournament would be perfect just because we actually were in striking distance and also had enough games to get into the playoffs. But to that point, if they did decide that we're just going to go straight to the playoffs, obviously we would all be disappointed. So this is kind of weird. Like, where are you, Damien? What what side of the fence are you on? Are you feeling like this whole resumption of the season is meaningless, as you said earlier, or do you feel like, hey, our team still has a shot to make it, and I'm all in? Because it seems like he's straddled this fence okay. a little bit. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Uh, sorry, if you keep going. So I think, is there one more part Well, there? just one last thing that he said. He says, we haven't performed to be in that top eight, so if that's the case, then fine. But if we're going to just come back to play games, I feel like that would be harder on everybody else. Okay, so I'm with you then, because maybe I just didn't hear the whole context of the quote. When I hear, well, if we're coming back just to play games, well, you're you're not coming back just to play games. You're coming back to compete for a playoff spot. And who and with the way the bracket's set up, who knows who you get. And if you get lucky and get the right seed, you might be able to make a run at this. Your team's not horrible. They just played in a tough Western Conference. But now when you're looking at the top 20 teams – You've got a legit shot to make a run at it. Uh, honestly, a really good shot. Because there's teams in the Eastern Conference that you might face who don't even hold a candle to where you guys are at. Oh, no. Not well, even close. Not even close. 
But you're right. If you're the New York Knicks, coming back to play games is meaningless. Oh, yeah. If you're the Atlanta Hawks, if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, if you're half of the Eastern Conference, it's meaningless. Yeah. See that, and then, so what do we do with that? I mean, what with those teams, what do we do with that? Is that they say, hey, why are we coming back? We're not going to risk our stars. Well, it, what's the challenging part is that you have teams who still want to yeah. play. Yeah. They still want a chance to win games, to advance rounds. It means a lot for contracts, pride, and, see, that's and the a other chance thing. to win a title. The other thing, some of these guys have free agency coming up. And if they can up their numbers and up their stats and look a little bit more, you know, like spit shine it, their resume, because this free agency looks meh. Next year's looks really good. This year's is about mediocre. So if you can somehow spit shine the resume to make it look good come free agency, and you can do that through the next final 10, whatever it is, games, you're all in. The, the bottom line, and Brian Windhorst kind of hits this on the head, it, you, you can't please everyone. With that many teams that are involved, that many players that are involved, it's impossible to come to, to a resolution that pleases and fits with what everybody wants to do. They're trying to balance player safety, how many pe- people could we potentially have in this quote-unquote bubble and risk exposure uh, versus how do we still have a meaningful end of the regular season and a, and a playoffs. And it's just it's nearly impossible to please everybody in this scenario. Some teams have really good reasons to defend their position. There are teams who are in the seventh and eighth seed who are like, look, we'll do a play-in tournament, but don't penalize us um, for having gotten position over 65 games. There are other teams that are like, no, this is too complicated. You can't make this up on the fly. We're going 1-16. to Forget about this. And you've got other teams who have no chance of making the playoffs who are saying, hey, we just want to play, man. And it's really going to come down to probably Adam Silver just having to disappoint some people and make some people angry for really the first time since he's been a commissioner. <laughs> it's true. He's always tried to play nice, and he's done a pretty good job of finding middle ground and, and, and being a voice of reason and finding solutions that work for a lot of people involved. But in this, he's going to have to make a decision that there will be people that will be upset. But you know what? If you're the Memphis Grizzlies and you're playing and you're having a better season than people anticipated and you're in that eighth spot, suddenly if you if there's like a play-in tournament, are you, is your position now at risk? Yeah, that's a good point. Because what if the San Antonio Spurs, veteran team, veteran coach, they're like, okay, now's our time to turn it on. We know <laughs> what we're doing here. They seem to do it. That's true. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Memphis, who thought, we're in the playoffs, now they're out. Hey, what would it do? I'm going to take a, just a, a, a side turn here. What would it do to teams who are trying to play for a better lottery position, quote-unquote, a.k.a. tanking? Does it, I mean... It would kind of affect them too, wouldn't it? Because if they're like, look, we want our top spot in the lottery. All right, we, we got like one of the highest percentage chances or whatever it is. And then they make you go play games. You're trying to lose them. You don't want to win these games. It's all about lottery now. Uh, if you're in the Eastern Conference, yes, I think that would be meaningful because there is a race to the bottom there. 
in, in the, the Western Conference, I think there's only have like two teams that are legit running to the bottom. Everybody else has been semi-competitive. Okay. Even to some degree, the Phoenix Suns, who are 13 games below 500, <laughs> but the Phoenix Suns, who are the what 9, 10, 11, 12, 14th team in the uh, in the West, would be. Uh, just outside of playoff contention in the East. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, with, with Damian Lillard talking about some criticism about where he stands, he did add a little bit more clarity in his uh, in an interview that he did on ESPN. Uh, he says, like, the, the story, the way that it was written on Yahoo Sports, was taken out of context um, because... It, he talked about not wanting to play in "quote unquote" meaningless games. Um, so he says that you know they just haven't been playing basketball, and if we come back and and we, they want to play for something, they want to be meaningful. And so I think that's why he's come out today to clarify that if it's a play-in tournament that gives us some chance, then yes, that that is important for us. But if it's just like if it's six or seven games to get into the playoffs. Is he still interested or not? Uh, he says, if we come back, we want to play for something. So after this type of break, usually when you come back, especially with how fast we're going to be jumping into playing, I think guys are at risk for injury, also at risk of being exposed to whatever, whatever because none of us have been around each other. If so many teams are going to be in one spot. Obviously, as players, we want to play, but we want to play for something, especially if we're in position to play for that in the first place. Close quote. Okay. Huh. I just hope, like, when that time comes and they, if they do decide, hey, we're going to play six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever the amount of games is, and Portland is just on the fringe of being in this playoffs, that Damien decides that he wants to play. Like, if, if you're a leader and you're the face of the franchise, which Damien Lillard is, you should want to play. You should want to be a part of that top 16 or 20, whatever it is, uh, playoff bracket. You should want to be in that. It is new, it is unique, and it will be and it will be memorable forever because it will be, I don't know if they'll ever be done again. Maybe they will go to a 20 or a top 20. But uh, uh, after this, you know, they say, you know what, maybe this whole Western Eastern Conference combination thing is a good idea for the NBA. Yeah, just take the best teams. But then, but I mean, you want to be a part of that history. If you're and if you're Damian Lillard, you should want that for your fans and for your team. They deserve it. He did go on to say, "This is usually when it's our break, and if we're going to come back and not actually be able to play for an opportunity to continue to play, then I feel like some guys would prefer to just go on about their summer." Man, but I want to play. He said. I've said that many times. I want to play. I just want to play for an opportunity to be in the postseason. I didn't feel like that was a bad statement. I feel like he's flip-flopping. It's like, well, this and this and this, but I want to play. But this and this and this, but I want to play. <laughs> Just say you want to play. Don't keep bringing up reasons why you shouldn't be playing or why you may not be playing. I think our guys would just rather have their summer break because we've been off for so long, but I, I want to play. I love how he says, this is usually where we have our time off. Also, you're not in the finals then. That's what you're usually saying. <laughs> He's that's not, brutal. He's but not kinda... used to games this late in the year. <laughs> I, uh, I I get what he's saying, but I don't like the 
tone of context that's coming out of it. It's, it's got to be better than that. Again, when you're the face of a franchise, you need to be the leader and say, we want to be in the playoffs. We want to go out there and play these games and be in the playoffs. Don't wait for a play-in tournament. Go win the next five and be in it. Right, if you only have seven games to play, but you still have a chance to make the playoffs. Go win all seven, man. And go, then go get it. And then go win it. Go, go, go on Those a games of a aren't meaningless. Run. Exactly. Go on a heck of a playoff run and go make something of this. The odds are not exactly in your favor, but there's still a chance. You can still win games, though. I mean, yes. and, and teams are going to lose games. Give it a shot. Give it a run. And look, if you if you go 500, you break even, and you don't make the playoffs, you won't get as much crap as if you were to sit out the rest of the way and not play. Right. If, if you end up sitting sit down out, because oh, I just don't want to play meaningless all games. All heck breaks loose, man. Yeah, he'll be he'll have that mark you're, on him the rest of his going, yeah. career. You're gonna have a very big, big mark on your resume uh for not being willing to go out and do it. Uh Adrian Wojnarowski, some comments he has about uh, Adam Silver saying that he Adam Silver is waiting. What is Adam Silver waiting for? I think what Adam Silver has tried to do here was was understand we're gonna push a decision until the very last possible minute. Uh, that's why they're still working through the details now. They want to have every last piece of data they can on the science and the health. They want to know more than whether it's 20 teams or 24 teams or who's in and who's out and what's the structure. Do you like how far he's pushed it back? No. I, me neither. No, I, and I think that's what's caused a lot of frustration among players. That's exactly right. Fans. They don't know, just, and they thought they'd have an answer. They thought they would have an answer now, and they don't, and that's frustrating them. Thought they'd have some direction at the first part of May, and that didn't happen. What? Even was, all this talk about Orlando is still not certain. I, and I feel like Adam still doesn't know what to do. I feel like him pushing it back is him saying, yeah, I still have no idea what I well, should be Well, he doing. wants to be the nice guy. He wants to be the guy that makes everybody happy. And he's not a guy that's just going to say, you know what? To heck with it. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. All, all got to accept it and get in line. Sorry if you're mad, but this is our direction. Good, bad, or the other. Whether it's to cancel the season or to say, we're going to go and this is the, the plan forward. And, and like we said, there's a lot of teams, uh, n- not just players, but team organizations that are frustrated because there's this lack of understanding and lack of communication that's happening from the NBA front office. I know Patrick's blowing up his agent, Kevin Bradbury's blowing up Lawrence Frank and Mike Winger with the Clippers, and they want answers from their teams. And, you know, you get the frustration from teams at times, I think especially earlier in this process, when players like Patrick Beverly would come to them and say, guys, where are we with this? And the teams didn't have that information from the league office. There is some hope, perhaps, that there could be some additional clarity coming after the weekend. There's a call today with the uh, league office and the general managers. Tomorrow, the board of governors, essentially the owners. And I think we'll have a better picture through the weekend and into next week at what the structure of a return is going to look like. Brian Windhorst also reporting that the, there is some hope that there could be some clarity coming on the way. They're hoping after uh, listening to the GMs and the rest of the league 
defend their position for the last six days, that we have some focus. And I hope that that, for all of us, for me, I'm tired of hearing it myself. I just shook his head. I shook my head when he said that. Like, <laughs> NBA, will you please get some clarity so Brian Windhorst can have some peace of mind? <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> here's the problem. Is that, yeah, they're hoping for some clarity. Dude, they've been hoping for clarity for the last month and a half. I think players didn't expect to be waiting around this long. Owners, GM, like, presidents, they, they did not expect to be waiting around this long to find out what the future looked like. And now they're hearing that they probably wouldn't start their season till late end of July. It's just got to really tick some, some of these guys off. Right, because there's a... But at least if they make that clear... And they make an announcement and communicate with the players. Then at least they know how to plan their lives for the next couple of months. They know that, okay, on this date, I got to get back to my city. I know that for this amount of time, I may need to be kind of isolated in what I do before I resume activities with my team. Because I know that on this date, we're going to start resuming team practices. And I know on this date, we're going to get on a plane and fly to Florida. And then we're going to train for another couple of weeks. And then on this date, I know we're going to start playing games. Yeah. There's, there's none of that. In fact, Patrick Beverly, as we heard him referred to, he he's pretty frustrated that there isn't that communication that's happening. It's just sad that we got to hear about uh, things happening, you know, in our work, in our workplace, and stuff like that via Twitter. I mean, it's good, it's entertaining, it's fun, but just want more communication. Let us know. Don't just string us along. If the NBA is starting, if the NBA is finished, just let us know. I challenge the NBA. Calling them puppets. Saying we are the puppets and you're stringing us along. And expecting us just to do our little dance exactly how you want us to do it until you say, okay, showtime. I don't blame Patrick. I don't blame these players. They're frustrated. I don't blame them at all, actually. I mean, on the one hand, I understand Adam Silver is trying to control the flow of information because anytime you start to have a, an idea, it becomes the rule sometimes. Uh, a proposal becomes fact, even though it's just here's an idea that we're looking at. Uh, so I understand he has to be careful with that. And when you're dealing with all the players, all of their agents, that's that's a lot of people. And any one of them could say something or misinterpret something and share it with the media, and it could get a little bit out of control. But at the same time, this sounds like there really hasn't been hardly any communication that, okay, look, these are the things that we're doing. These are the conversations that we're having. Um, it's just it's, it's, it's challenging. It's such unknown territory. It's not like there's a playbook for how to go through this. Yeah, that's and that's the other thing is you bring up a great point. There's no manuscript to say, okay, hey, when you go through COVID-19 and it's going to take uh, this amount of time from you, here's how to handle it. You're right. Like the, 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 Not only the commissioners of major pro sports, but presidents of universities, commissioners of conferences in college sports, which, by the way, is taking a bigger hit than major pro sports is taking. Like we talk about, I mean, Adam Silver's like, well, fetch, this sucks. Go sit in a president's chair at a university right now or an athletic director's chair right now. What are they dealing with? How hard is that? I mean, financially, it's kicking them, 
right? And so you're, I mean, there is, there's no playbook on it, but at the same time, he has Adam Silver has what college doesn't, the funds to get the answers. Like I real, I, I honestly think that I think he has the ability to get the information he needs to get the funds that he needs to play wherever they need to play, to go to Orlando, to go to Las Vegas, or wherever it's going to be, and get their league going. College sports can't do that. No, you're right. They can't. They don't. The vast majority of them do not have that kind of those kind of resources sitting in a bank. Uh, we're seeing. We talked about UConn last last night. We talked about some other programs around the country that they're having to not just take pay cuts, but they're having to cut entire sports. All the scholarships, all the athletes, coaches, those opportunities for some of those students to get on a college campus, that specific college campus, with help from the university to play a sport that they love, it's gone away. Uh, Probably for good. You think for good? At least for five to ten years. If that means... the university's financial situation in its athletic department would have to take a dramatic turn for the better for them to consider bringing back sports like that. Because they were revenue losses anyway. They were losing money on those those sports to begin with. Yeah, that's true. And it was big losses too, wasn't it? That's a good point you bring up. Hey, uh, we were talking about Damian Lillard. We'll hear from him just to kind of wrap this segment up about uh, the NBA um, but uh, there are questions about what's happening. Players are, are frustrated. They don't know. There's uncertainty about how many games they'll play and if it's worth it, if they want to do some new model that gives them an opportunity to play for something. But Damian Lillard clarifying some of his statements, saying that he does want to play as long as he's playing for something. You know, we've been off for two months, and if, if we come back, we want to play for something. You know what I mean? So um, after this type of break, usually when you come back, you know, especially with how fast we're going to be jumping into playing, you know, I think guys are at risk of injury. uh, Also at risk of, you know, being exposed to whatever because, you know, none of us have been around each other. If if every, if so many teams are going to be in one spot. So there's so many things um, out there that, you know, we could be at risk of. So, I mean, if we're going to do it, obviously as players, we want to play, but we want to play for something, especially uh, if we were in position to to play for that in the first place. Like hmm. the, the NBA, Adam Silver, they don't, the, the owners, they don't want to cobble something together quickly on the fly just to have games. They want to, they are, part of this whole process is how can we do this safely uh, what gives us time to get the players back into shape? What gives us a venue to keep our players and coaches isolated? They've put a lot of thought into this. They're not just throwing something together quickly, haphazard, just to get games played. But again, it's a complicated issue. Not everybody's going to be happy with it. And Adam Silver is just going to have to pull up his big boy pants and say, look, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> Get over it. Yep. By the way, uh, talking about players versus owners, big problems going on in Major League Baseball. Oh, jeez. It has gotten yeah, ugly. That's 
A big battle brewing in baseball. Is that some good alliteration for you? I like it. Nice work. Uh, and starting really in the minor leagues, they're feeling the effects of it pretty bad. Uh, and uh, the the owners and the players are, are squabbling, and it's it's not looking pretty. Will there be an, a Major League Baseball season? I think the whole season is in doubt, to be honest with you, based on the way things are going right now. And what does it do to minor league baseball, by the way? Right. The future of minor league baseball is in its entirety. Yeah is highly at risk. We'll talk about that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, and Ajay Salveson. Hey, by the way, uh, some, I don't know if we call it breaking news, but a news update. Pass along. You know, if we want some of these things to return and you want to like re- continue to resume like a normal life after what we've gone through the last couple of months, please be smart. <laughs> Wear your mask when you're in public. Wash your hands. Continue to do that stuff. You're... I'm bringing this up because 22 confirmed cases today in Cache County. There were 10 yesterday. Uh, This is the biggest two-day span ever in the whole thing of this. right? Um, So a a lot of new cases all of a sudden. Uh, According to uh, an article on Cache Valley Daily, River Health Department spokesman Joshua Greer says it's troubling but partially expected as restrictions are being lifted. Uh, apparently no hospitalizations as a result of these positive cases. Um, the, the growth rate is uh, of the disease apparently is still going down, so that's good. Those are good things. But just because you can move around a little bit more and maybe some Businesses are open up, but a little bit more. You still got to be careful. Yeah, be smart. <laughs> I mean, 22 cases. And, and and some people say, well, hey, there's no deaths yet, right? Can't can't lean on that. The fact that if, if cases are going up, that's it's not a great thing. Uh, what we are still waiting for is all counties in the state to get to yellow before Utah High School Activities Association will consider talking about what might happen in the fall. Fall sports, as of now, are still on on hold. There's uncertainty about it. Um, And they have said that every county in the state has to be in yellow. And currently, that's not the case. If we're going to have more days like this, then there's maybe some risk of rolling things back a little bit. So let's hope not. Uh, let's hope it's not serious. Uh, but uh, anyway, just be careful. Continue to be diligent so we don't have to go back to the, more of those stay-at-home order type stuff. That was that was no fun at all. Uh, there's no question coronavirus has affected sports, and it's affected Major League Baseball, especially this, the other leagues like the NBA and the NHL. 80 85% of their season was already done in the books. So they certainly have financial losses because they haven't been able to do their 
playoffs, but at least the majority of their season was done. Major League Baseball hasn't even been able to play a single game yet. And so there's significant problems with trying to figure this out. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, has proposed a series of tiered reductions to player salaries. It would cost some of the top stars to receive some of the biggest cuts, as you might imagine. But what's interesting is that a player agent is basically calling for a revolt, saying the games can't happen if you don't play. And he says it's it's a team financial mismanagement that's causing this uh, the, these money discussions, not coronavirus. Do you side with Scott Boris or do you side with Major League Baseball? Oh, man. <laughs> Look, the players are the ones out there risking their lives, right? I mean, they are giving everything they can to go entertain the sports world with by going to play the game of baseball in warm weather, uh, risking the whole COVID-19 situation on them. But I wonder how many years it would take me to earn, I don't know, $2 million? Or how many years it would take me to earn $300,000? They can do it within 80 games. It would take 20 years to get the 300000 I don't know. I have no idea. It'd take a while. Take a while. We're talking about money, man. We are talking about the fact, bless you, we are talking about the fact. Excuse me. (laughs) No, you're uh, That a a player is not going to get paid the $13.5 million. That he's instead going to get paid $2 million. I know this is kind of a, a harsh reaction to it. But we have people that are begging for a second stimulus check just to help cover for the losses that they've suffered through the month of May. Begging for a second stimulus check. See, the, the Major League Baseball financially is structured differently than it is than the NBA, and the NFL also has a different deal with what the players get in comparison to the overall. So, I, okay. Because oh, there oh. is some revenue sharing in the NBA with TV deals. But what like about this. NFL? But Major League Baseball doesn't really have that. And Rob Manfred recently said that uh, baseball relies on about 40% of all the revenues from ticket sales. Okay. Whew. 40%? That's got to be that's gotta be exaggerated number. That can't be correct. He's got to be out there just pushing numbers up just so he can get people to get on his side. Forty percent, man. Forty, almost half. They, I mean, we got the MLB Network, ESPN, ESPN Two, TBS in the playoffs. Teams, uh, Major League Baseball teams, told the players' union. This was uh, a week and a half ago that Major League Baseball would lose six hundred and forty thousand dollars for each game played without fans. Playing with prorated salaries in empty ballparks would cause a $4 billion loss. 
which would then and give Major League players 89% of the revenue. So I, I get where the owners are coming from. If we can't have fans in the stands and I still have to pay you your normal salary, it's it's unbalanced. $4 billion? A $4 billion loss. That can't be right. Really? But Boris, Scott Boris, he's like, no, these guys are they they're they're trying to get a bailout. Oh man, yeah, he's he's they trying to leveraged his all they borrowed money oh, yeah. from Hanster Stadiums <laughs> to if there's anyone who's gonna stand their up assets. for his players, it's Scott Boris. He's a heck of an agent. We want you to they want pay cuts to help pay off their loans. Look, I I get what a, what an agent is doing. He's fighting for his clients to get them the best possible deal. But he's getting in the middle of discussions with a, with union reps and their owners, and it's not his place. Uh, in addition to all of this, um. So, well, one of the things that Major League Baseball was doing was proposing an 82-game season, a shorter season, and that hasn't been sitting very well as we're seeing we're getting some reactions. So now they're countering saying, okay, what if we do more than 100 games, but we still do a prorated salary? So they're still trying to figure something out to take care of the players, but not cost ownership too much with empty stadiums where they rely on that revenue. Because one of the great financial models of Major League Baseball is that you have so many home games. You can sell a lot of tickets. You can sell a lot of concessions. More so than the NFL that has a very finite number of games. So that's how the Major League Baseball has set themselves up financially is to rely on so much on the gate. But if we're not going to have any fans in the stands purchasing tickets, purchasing swag, purchasing the hot dog and the beverage. How can the players expect to not be getting a, having some kind of a pay cut as a result? So, and, and maybe you just answer this and I'm just not, I'm not finding it here. What is the TV revenue percentage go into the player's salary. Does any of it go into the salary then? Or is it just based solely off of ticket sales? Because, I mean, these guys play national games on television, ESPN, Fox, uh, TBS, whatever, and even their local uh, TV stations. Do they not get a revenue from that? And is it just based solely on ticket sales and and fans and concession stands and such? Because if that's the case then the players are stupid for signing the freaking contract in the first place then. Well, nobody could have foreseen something like this for the yeah, whole league. Yeah, but, but even at that, you're you're not saying, hey, we want a percentage of the TV revenue for having our guys on your big screen to televise the game. We should get a percentage of that. Because basketball does that, right? And I think football does, don't they? I know basketball, I'm pretty sure basketball does that. Football, I'm not as sure, but I would imagine they do. But if baseball's not doing that, that's crazy to me. 162 games, and you're not getting compensated for, for being on national television. They want to be compensated for putting themselves on a video game, but not for being on television to play a baseball game. Well, so 
Jeff Passan has a great article about this on ESPN. Yeah, he's great. Talking about the counter proposal that's going on. So players already have taken a pay cut, and I failed to to mention that earlier. What's being proposed is an additional pay cut, and that's where they're kind of drawing a line in the sand. Uh, the owners are saying we're going to have all these losses because we won't have the gate. Uh, but the players want more detail about well, what do you get in your television revenue, like you've talked about, other sponsorship deals. Um, and, and so it's just this, it's getting kind of ugly, this back and forth here. Uh, and uh, according to Jeff Passan, says that the players are going to submit their own proposal to try to get something that makes sense for all parties involved. CPA is going to go back to Major League Baseball with a proposal of its own by the end of this week. Sources have told me it's going to be awfully interesting to see what's in their proposal and if it's as strident as Major League Baseball's was to the Players Association. Players just want to, they just want something that's fair. I think it's a matter of principle with the players right now and they just want to get their fair shake. So besides this squabbling over money that's going on with Major League Baseball and its players, because I, I I understand both sides, but honestly, I probably am siding more with the owners. If they can't have, if they already have their business model set up to rely that much on ticket sales and what happens in the arena, then... How can you be on the hook to still play these, pay these player salaries? But player salaries has been a hot topic in the in Major League Baseball for several years now. You see these big fat contracts that a few select guys sign. Everybody thinks, oh, Major League Baseball is flush with cash. But the average salary has been on the decline for several seasons now. So there's some, there are some big problems in Major League Baseball and how they're handling their money. And how the the players' association they've are allowing this to take place. I think they realize that, and they're trying to step up and have a stronger voice. But in addition to this, AJ, as we said, there's some other big problems here, and minor league baseball has been on the ropes for a little bit. This may be the death knell for minor league baseball. Yeah, that's the thing is that where if there's anybody getting kicked to the curb and punched in the Wachobies. It's minor league baseball. I uh, this almost axes it out for as long as they're going to be waiting. I they so basketball is not even going to be starting till maybe mid to late July. <laughs> mid to late July, and they're actually making progress and making and having a decision made to be able to get the Disney World and start playing. Dude, baseball's not even going to be close. Then no, they're distracted by the money. They're not even talking about a system to return to play. Yeah. They're, they're not they're even talking about distracted how to, like, by these money. Are they going to play in their home ballparks? Or are they not going to play? I mean, good heck! So I, there are reports wow. that there could be up to a thousand minor league players that get the get laid off. Basically, they're, they're out of uh, opportunities to play. <laughs> I just got a text <laughs> from six one three six. The replacements. Baseball style. See, now that'd be cool. So, like, you get like oh, that would be so sloppy. You get like the bad news bears, right? Who just don't even care. Like, look, we're gonna, dude. That would kick ratings up an incredible notch. Get the bad news bears. Billy Bob Thornton to coach him. 
Oh my heck, I would watch it in a heartbeat. No, it's seriously like and and I was really excited to see by the way, and I think we talked about this before. Do you know who really is winning in this whole entire situation? What team is winning right now? The Astros. Because when we come oh. back to play, no one's going to give a flying crap about what happened last year. Nobody. No one's going to beat anybody. Ain't going to happen. The Astros are just going to be like, huh, let's get back to playing baseball. Who's excited to play baseball? We are. No one's going to get bean. I was excited to see all that thing, that stuff go down, but now it's mm, cool. Did everybody forget about the Boston Red Sox and they oh, had an issue yeah, too? Dude, they've been hiding underneath the cover and they can come out of their little hole now and, yeah, see the sunlight. Oh, boy. Uh, still more to discuss on this baseball news today and what's happening with minor league baseball, squabbling over money between millionaires and billionaires. For guys like us, it just seems silly, but I get it. It's their livelihood. But with more to discuss on that, love to get your opinion as well. 435-339-0321. If you want to text into the show and weigh in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Jeff Passan reporting earlier today on Twitter. Across baseball, hundreds of minor league players were cut today and lost their jobs. Sources tell ESPN. Hundreds more will be released over the next week. In the end, upward of 1,000 players could see their baseball careers end. Minor leagues have simply been devastated. And it continues, in normal years, cuts happen, but not in mass like this. The fallout from the coronavirus expected minor league con- contraction and the anticipated cancellation of the 2020 minor league season prompted organizations each to release dozens of players who are being paid $400 a week. Huh. Oh, but hey, don't worry. These major league players are really upset that they have to go from $13 million to $2 million a year. No, from $13 million to $12 million. Yeah, just top, man. Just really tough for you guys, and you, and, and, but you still have to play baseball. Yeah, that just sucks. It's rough. Uh, I, you know the we've got a couple of minor league teams in the state of Utah. There's a minor league team up the road in Idaho Falls that's had a, several notable players come through their program. So minor league baseball within two hour drive, you can see a lot of baseball in the minor leagues. But uh, that's sad. It's too bad. I mean, the entire season is likely to be canceled for minor league baseball. Yeah. And the major leaguers, the the millionaires are debating the billionaires about the squabbling over money. Nickels and dimes. But you know what? You you do you. While <laughs> you do you. food pantries are seeing a 20 to 30% increase on demand, you do you. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Um, so, my biggest issue. Okay, here, let me ask you this. 
Uh, outside of baseball, and we, we've kind of hit on that enough. Do you think high school football comes back? <sighs> now, Ameri- now I, have, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm optimistic that I would hope. American Legion baseball has just started. Green Canyon and Logan played last night. Mountain Crest Green Canyon play on Saturday. So they're going to play. Yes. That gives me hope that there will be a high school football season. But there have been others that I've talked to that said, it's like we are on a fence. It is 50-50. We have no idea if we're going to get a chance. And if cases keep going up, Eric, man, I don't know if they, they say, you know, we got to kind of put the brakes on it now because there's just too many cases coming up all of a sudden. Right. I think that's – if we're going to see more like we've seen the last two days, man, I'm, I've am i become pessimistic. Uh, but as people mingle more – I mean, the chances of getting more people contracting it. But on the other hand, the rates of recovery are like 99 point something high percent that if you catch it, you're going to recover. But I don't know. I don't know. That's just it. I don't know. It's just, it's been weird. It's been really weird. (laughs) Hopefully things are better in the next couple of weeks and we get a little more clarity from UHSAA. And people move How into soon do you need an answer? Mid-June? Okay. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NFL owners were supposed to vote on the Sky Judge today. They were considering adding an official up high who would look at video and help the guys on the field. But yesterday they announced they were pulling the proposal. And I'm not exactly sure how I felt about the Sky Judge, but I already miss it. We want the right calls. It just wasn't exactly clear on how it would work. But now that they've shelved it, sort of like to see the Sky Judge. One of the basic problems with officiating is the officials on the field have the worst view of anyone in America. We get to see the play in slow motion a dozen times from our couch. They have to make the right call in real time. The league will reportedly consider letting the review official help out in a pinch. They don't want a repeat of the blown pass interference call that perhaps cost the Saints a trip to the Super Bowl. But apparently, they're only willing to go so far to get the call right. At least for right now. Stay tuned. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.